0: This episode is for the Christian woman who knows there is something that God has placed in her heart that she's supposed to achieve. Maybe it is something for her health or something for her family or possibly a business or finances, but there is something that God has put in your heart. He just won't let you let go of it. He keeps nagging you (laughs) about it and you still haven't been able to cross the finish line. Well, today is a super tip day. I'm not just gonna give you a tip to help you cross the finish line. I'm gonna give you a super tip. Like, this is really important. I hope you have your Bible, we're scripture heavy today. Grab you something to write on, something to write with, and let's talk about it. Are you tired of feeling like you never measure up? Are you tired of setting goals but giving up on yourself before you ever cross the finish line? Are you ready to live a life that you actually enjoy? Oh girl, you're in the right place. Are you ready to experience confidence like you never have before? You are in the right place. God made you powerful and capable. And if you struggle to see yourself that way, I believe it's because your self-image has become distorted. My name is Tina Feemster. I'm a trained and certified Christian Self-Image Coach and God has placed a call on my heart to reach Christian women who struggle with how they see themselves. When you learn the truth about who you are in Him and who He is in you, your whole life will be renewed and improved in a way that only God can orchestrate. I'm going to help you discover the incredible way that God put you together. Settle in, sis, and get cozy. We're going to talk about it. No matter how incapable you feel, and no matter how many times you have failed, if God is with you in an endeavor, you can absolutely do it. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm saying with him, all things are possible. We've heard that, right? Weight loss goals, financial goals, business goals, anything that God has put in our hearts to achieve is possible. We've heard this. We know this so many times. It's been preached from the pulpit but I want us to bring this over into our everyday lives, down into the nitty-gritty real stuff that we're dealing with. I want to tell you about my imaginary friend, Susie. Let's just say that God placed in her heart the desire to run a marathon. She's not a runner, but this thought about running a marathon just won't leave her mind or her heart. She isn't sure what God is trying to show her or teach her, but she knows it's from him. It's that same type of knowing she had when the Lord prompted her to take her health journey more seriously. (laughs) God-inspired goals are like that. They just don't go away. Now listen, God's never called me to run a marathon, and I am so grateful for that. (laughs) This girl does not run. If you see me running, I promise it's because I'm running either towards something really amazing that you don't want to miss out on, or I'm running for something really terrifying that you want to avoid. So if I'm running, girl, you better run too. But Susie, on the other hand, is being prompted by God to run. The problem is there are two sides to Susie when it comes to accomplishing a goal. If the territory is familiar and easy, she has no problem making it happen. This side of Susie is the side that gets things done. Like cleaning the entire house in a day, no problem. She may not like it, but she knows how to do it. She's familiar with it. This girl can do it cooking the family their favorite meal. It's intensive. It takes so many steps. It takes her a lot of time, but hey, she's on it. She knows what her goal is. She's full of belief, determination, discipline. She's resolute. She's persistent. She's going to get it done. No matter what, start to finish, she's going to cross that finish line. Some of you have tackled big goals with the same determination, the same faith and persistence. But like Susie Maybe you have another side that shows itself when you're over in unfamiliar territory. And when God calls you out of your comfort zone to do something that you have never done before, it's unfamiliar. (laughs) When the goal is more challenging, doubt and resistance creep in. And you lose sight of your goal. You start making excuses. And it isn't that you expected it to be easy. You just didn't expect it to be so hard. And you find yourself folding under the pressure. Kind of like losing weight after menopause. Lord have mercy, is this new territory or what? Some of you girls know what I mean. When it gets challenging and we start struggling, we stop. And people who quit, you know they never cross the finish line. And if we're going to break the tape... And accomplish some of these things that God has put in our hearts we're gonna to have to turn stops into pauses and rest and gather ourselves and go at it again so stops just become rest stops they don't become quits we're gonna get back to Susie in just a minute but I want to share something Holy Spirit spoke to me a couple of years ago I was driving home to Oklahoma from 29 Palms California where I had been to visit my daughter, my son-in-law, and my grandbaby. And that drive takes me about 22-ish hours from their front porch to mine. I'm not one of those people that stops and spends the night, Uh uh-uh, no. I get up early in the morning, throw my hair in a bun, throw the shoes on, brush my teeth, and in the car I go. And I drive straight through until I land in my own bed. And because I'm traveling alone, i got to do things to keep me awake, right? So I fill the time by listening to music and podcasts and true crime documentaries the entire way. I drink a lot of coffee, and I eat a lot of Reese's Pieces, too, I have to admit it. Caffeine, sugar, Jesus, that's how I do it. Two or three hours from home on this particular trip, out of nowhere, the Lord interrupted an episode of Forensic Files that I was listening to, and he said these words. Heal the divided mind. It was so clear and direct. Heal the divided mind. Now, I had never heard that phrase before. And honestly, I sat there going, what in the world is he trying to say to me? So when I got back home, I spent some time and I've continued to spend time in this particular area in my, and in my quest to gain some insight, I began to study the book of James. And at that time, it was the only place in the Bible that I knew of that talked about a divided mind. James 1.8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. This was as close as I could get to a divided mind in the Bible. I just couldn't find anything else. This was the only thing I was familiar with. So I began to study it, and a person that's double-minded has a mind that's divided. It isn't a determined mind. It's a mind that is subject to pressures that come, and it's going to go in the direction the pressure pushes. This person lives one life for themselves and one life for God. And Revelations 3, verses 15-16 through calls that being lukewarm, and God's not a fan of lukewarm. (laughs) He wants us to choose. He wants us to be single-minded and focused no matter what comes. Think about a wave. Waves do not have the power to resist. They yield to any pressure that they encounter. We have to learn to resist pressure that is applied to us. The scripture says that If you're double-minded, don't even expect to receive anything from the Lord. This particular passage was speaking of wisdom, but we get an insight into who God is here. If we are not single-minded, we're not going to get the help from the Lord that we need. He wants us to choose to be single-minded no matter what comes. He doesn't want us giving in to this pressure. We have to learn to resist any pressure that's applied to us when we are praying and expecting and all things are possible kind of help from the Lord. Susie, our little pretend friend here, is going to need this kind of help if she's ever going to run a marathon that God has inspired her to run. Imagine her halfway through. It's hot. She's got a blister. <laughs> her legs feel like they weigh 100 pounds apiece. Susie has two sides, and the one she chooses to operate from is going to lead her. So if you have pen and paper there in front of you, just make two columns and let's go back to kind of these two different sides of Susie. The single-minded side of her believes It's determined. It's disciplined. It's resolute. It's persistent. And it's focused on her goal. But there's this other side of Susie that doesn't look anything like the one that shows up when she's in familiar territory. I mean, when you think about her cleaning the house and it's a big job or, you know, making the family their favorite meal, she has no problem believing or being determined or being disciplined or being resolute, persistent, focused on her goals. She knows what it is. She has no problem in this familiar territory. But you get her over into another territory where it's unfamiliar, that place where God is calling her to step out. This is where the double-minded part comes in. This is the other side of Susie. Doubt begins to creep in, fearful. She starts making excuses. She's got the blister on her foot. Her legs feel like they weigh 100 pounds. Seriously, this is when the doubt creeps in, right? It's when the struggle hits. She starts relinquishing her focus. And it isn't that she thought it would be easy. Remember, she just didn't think it would be so hard. It's gonna be hard. No matter what it is that God calls us out to do, it's going to be unfamiliar. And when it's unfamiliar, there's a difficulty that comes with that. So in those two columns, you have the single-minded, she believes, she's determined, she's disciplined, she's resolute, she's persistent, she's focused on her goal. And then you have the other side of her in the other column, double-minded, doubt, fearful, makes excuses, relinquishes her focus knows that it's not going to be easy, but she just didn't think it would be so hard. It isn't difficult to see that being double-minded is going to cost her the goal that God put in her heart. She can try again to do the marathon, but the only way she wins this is if she goes at it single-mindedly with God, selling completely out and going all in. If God said I could do this, I can do this. That's what it's gonna take. I find the account of Peter walking on the water fascinating. Have you ever read that story, heard that story? In the book of Matthew, chapter 14, it talks about how Jesus told the disciples to get into a boat and go across the sea to the other side while he sent the multitudes of people away. There had been a lot of people around that day and he had done a lot of healing and teaching and he was tired, I'm sure. And when evening came, Jesus was finally by himself. All the people had gone away. The disciples were in the boat and Jesus goes up to the hills to pray. And as the disciples are in the boat, there's this wind that has come up that is really giving them fits. It's a massive wind. It's early morning. It's sometime between three and six o'clock in the morning. And this Crazy wind is just making it terrible to be on the boat and out on the water and make progress. It just keeps pushing them back. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. It absolutely terrifies them. They think he's a ghost. They start screaming and then Jesus starts trying to calm them down. Let's pick up in chapter 14, verse 27. It says, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I." Don't be afraid. And here comes Peter. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus replies and says, Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Y'all, the struggle hasn't hit yet. But when he saw the wind, see, throwing your foot out over the edge of the boat is a lot easier than maintaining your faith in the middle of the wind. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Now, it's beautiful that Jesus saved him even when he lost his His focus and his faith, he had had little faith to exercise. His faith wasn't mature yet. When he began to sink, it's beautiful that Jesus rescued him. That gives me a lot of hope, (laughs) y'all. I focused in on that word doubt, and I looked in the original Greek, and you know what it means? It means to waver. Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, You of little faith, he said, Why did you waver? Why did you have uncertainty? In other words, why were you double-minded? Like Susie, Peter had two sides. What do you think would have happened if Peter had remained focused on his goal, walking to Jesus? That wind was making the water crazy. This wasn't like a smooth, glassy sea. This was choppy water. What if he had taken the hits and kept on going, wiped the water out of his eyes and maintained his belief and focus? If Jesus said, I could do it, I can do it. We're never going to know for sure what would have happened if Peter would have kept his eyes on Jesus. But I know this. God either had a lesson for Peter Or he had a miracle. I don't know, but I know this. Peter missed out. He missed out on the lesson and he missed out on the miracle. Either way, I want to keep my eyes on Jesus. Whether I'm in my comfort zone and life is easy. Or when I'm out of my comfort zone and learning a lesson or experiencing a miracle. Proverbs 24 and 16 says, A righteous person falls seven times and rises again. Notice it doesn't say a righteous person falls seven times, but rises again. This is so cool to me. The word and indicates a continuation of thought that adds information. The word but signals a shift in the direction of thought. Okay, hang with me here. For example, if we said, I like to read books and watch movies. That's like a continuation of thought, right? Is That's quite different than, I like to read books, but here's the contrast I don't like watching movies a righteous person falls seven times and rises again we fall we keep going there's no it's not a it's not a, a a shift in direction it's a continuation we fall and keep on going when pressure comes we don't change direction we just keep moving forward we fall seven times and rise again get proverbs 24:16 in your heart when you're going for a goal. I fall seven times and I rise again. I fall seven times and I rise again. Don't take your eyes off of your goal. In Psalms 86 and 11, the psalmist writes, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. And get this, it says, give me an undivided heart. The Amplified Version calls it a united heart heart. God, I'm not taking my eyes off of you. You said I could do this. You told me to do this. I don't have to understand the struggle. Only you know how many times I'll repeat the process of falling and rising, but I can tell you this, Lord, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to pursue this until. Guys, that is the position of our heart that we have to take. Isaiah 50 and verse 7 says, I have set my face like a flint and I know I shall not be put to shame. You know what a flint looks like? It's got this, this sharp edge to it. It is focused. Girls, your super tip for achieving any goal, no matter what it is, is to operate from a heart that is not divided. Set your face like flint. Keep your focus on him. Where you focus is where you will go. Wipe the water out of your eyes. Laugh in the face of the wind that's pressing against you. Steady yourself and keep on going. Pursue until. You are going to do the impossible because he is with you and you are single-minded. If you've enjoyed our time together today, please don't keep it to yourself. Spread the love and share the episode with a friend who could use a boost of inspiration, some revelation. That would be awesome. Also, request to join our free Facebook community. It's called Renewed and Radiant. You'll find the link in our show notes for this episode. We would love to have you join us. And one more thing. If you have found value in our conversation today, would you please take a moment and leave a review? Scroll all the way down on your device and click write a review. It's a little bitty spot way at the bottom. If you could leave a review, that would help me reach more ladies who need to join our community of faith-driven self-image warriors. Until next time, my friends, stay blessed, stay radiant, and always remember that your self-image is a masterpiece being revealed. I'll catch you in the next episode.